Episode 309, November 30th, 2017. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And this week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. The holiday buying season is in full effect. So as you go buying gifts online this year, be sure to use our link first, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. They've agreed to give us a tiny percentage of what you spend to help support the show. So remember, when you're buying gifts online this year, use jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first. We want to give a uh, big shout out to those truck drivers out there. You know, those who pilot those big rigs, semis, 18-wheelers, long haulers, lorries, Thanks for listening for hours on hours on those long, lonely drives, fellas. Really appreciate it. Well, there's been some new spy shots of the Jeep Scrambler JT leaked this week in a fourth quarter blitz leaked of of leaked info and spy photos. We get another shot to the face with some new looks at the long-awaited Jeep Wrangler-based pickup that has been years in the planning. We find out this week the new Jeep pickup may actually come with an optional soft top. Early this week, a source with direct knowledge of the design says the Scrambler, like the current and next-generation Wrangler, may come with an optional soft top capable of being lowered or removed altogether, making the Scrambler a true soft-top open-air Jeep. The Scrambler is scheduled to go into production in about a year from now in late 2018 at FCA's Toledo Assembly Complex. It will be built on the same line that assembles the current-generation JK Wrangler. While engineering the JL Wrangler, designers had to redesign the roof supports to meet updated roof crush safety regulations for light trucks, which also affects the Scrambler. In 2016, Jeep hinted at a soft top pickup with the Crew Chief 715 concept at the annual Easter Jeep Safari in Moab, Utah. That was a year of some amazing concepts out of the Jeep camp. The Scrambler is expected to adopt a number of the Crew Chief 715 styling cues, except for the grill, which is unfortunate is expected to share a more traditional Wrangler look. This is really too bad because I bet there isn't a diehard Jeeper alive that would say that the former is a much better look for the JT. Well, there's been a scary recall for the 2018 Compass owners out there. Folks, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles is recalling about 8,000 Jeep Compass compact crossovers in North America because of passenger side airbags could contain loose fasteners. A supplier advised FCA that during the airbag module assembly process, loose fasteners might have inadvertently fallen in undetected into a small number of modules. The airbags then entered the supply chain and were installed in some 2018 Jeep Compass crossovers during production. If the vehicles are involved in a crash, the loose fasteners pose a hazard because once that airbag is deployed at several hundred feet per second, those fasteners, a cute little term used to disarm people that would otherwise be instilled with fear over the term face-shredding shrapnel, which let's Hmm. face it, that's what this is. The number of affected vehicles is believed to be less than 1% of the total number of vehicles recalled. About 1,000 of the units are in Canada and Mexico. The rest, right here in the USA. FCA says it's not aware of any injuries, accidents, warranty claims, or complaints resulting from the loose fasteners, a.k.a. projectiles of massive facial destruction. The automaker will begin notifying customers, however, of the recall by mail in December. Let's hope none of you get in an accident in the meantime. 
Well, Wrangler may get a hybrid option for 2020. How about this? At the official unveiling of the 2018 Jeep Wrangler this week at the LA Auto Show, Jeep CEO Mike Manley confirmed that the 2020 model, presumably in the JL body style, would be available as a hybrid electric vehicle. Now, talk of a hybrid Wrangler has been in the rumor mill for well, quite some time, but the last we heard, we weren't expecting to see even a concept of this until around 2022. Manly and everyone else representing Jeep at the LA Auto Show this week, of course, are being very tight-lipped about all this and have declined to elaborate or provide any further comment on the PHEV or, or, uh, at all. So was this a proverbial slip of the tongue or was this more of a planned leak? Well, there's no telling at this point. But now we know for sure that a hybrid Wrangler is indeed in the pipeline. I don't think we're in for two more years of Wrangler rumors and teasers. God have mercy on us. I don't know if I can take it. But I do suspect more information on the first earnestly electrified Wrangler that's not an RC car will come to light pretty soon. In the near term, Jeep is calling the 2.0-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine option in the 2018 Wrangler a mild hybrid because it is supplemented with what is known as a motor generator unit or a belt start generator. It provides a little bit of boost or regeneration depending on whether the vehicle is speeding up or slowing down and other factors like the state of charge in the battery. Now, this type of system has been used in plenty of cars before, but a full PHEV Wrangler would be totally uncharted territory. Anything that would help that bricky 4x4 save fuel would be sweet for a lot of tree-hugging ecotards, and the instant torque theoretically could be a huge advantage off-road. I guess we'll all just have to hope that Jeep engineers know how to make that wiring waterproof. Well, big thanks to all of you guys out there who help me, help me out each and every week by submitting stories for This Week in Jeep. You guys have a response to any one of our stories or you have something you think we should be reporting on give us a shot send us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com oh my god so many years since there's actually been a bona fide scrambler you know i figured there was gonna they were gonna come out with uh, the renegade as a put scrambler on the side of it make it yellow and white like it's uh, scrambled eggs or something you know <laughs> yeah. right uh, well i'm really excited about about the soft top option whether or not yeah not only can they make it work but make it look good too uh, without, you know, getting, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I foresee some ceiling issues. I foresee some yeah. usability issues. I foresee a lot of obstacles in their way before this is, is going to, you know, be, uh, uh you know, something good for, for this product line. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm excited on it, but I'm a little on the fence about it too. So, well, you know, I, I don't know if I told you guys about it or if you saw it on the, the Facebook, uh, Jeep talk show page, but, uh, I actually, uh, went that, the JL photo of the folded down front uh, windshield uh, was mm -hmm. put out. I posted right. it up there and I actually in the comments or, or in the, the photo for itself, I said, is this going to be the, the big 2018 leaking issue? Uh, or the oh. big leaking issue of 2018, like the freedom tops with the uh, with exactly, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so this is interesting that you mention uh, about the you know the canvas top or the uh, the soft top for the the new scrambler. I exciting stuff. I mean, very exciting stuff from Jeep. But it still yeah. pisses me off because that means they could have done, done a lot better on the Cherokee remake <laughs> if they had wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, right? <laughs> but but when you listened to that news conference of the JL, I mean, I just caught a little bit of it. It's mm -hmm. like they're in love with this Wrangler, and they understand that this, uh, I don't know, that's just the vibe I got. I mean, and there, I but there is it a lot of, I'm, I'm getting a lot of pride from FCA about this, about the new JL as well. Okay. It, it seems there's, there's a lot of people in the Jeep camp that have a lot, in, a lot vested in this Jeep emotionally or, yep. or, or otherwise. Uh, there, there, a lot went into this. 
they, they just didn't want to, you know, soften a couple of lines, you know, alter, you know, the rake of the windshield or something like that. Okay, it's more aerodynamic. It's a little bit lighter, uh, smaller engine. Okay, not as much four-wheel drive. Okay, here you go. You know, it, it, I'm glad that they spent as much time as they did in the design and the R&D and, and everything else to make this look so good and, and to make this Jeep just appear just that much better than the JK was, uh, you know, it's like the, you look at the JK and how it was, you know, when it came out, Oh, look at this, you know, over the, over the, uh, the TJ. And now we have this over the JK, the new JL over the JK. And it's, it's really something to behold. If you guys haven't seen the latest videos, uh, they released about a 200 picture book of, of the new JL and in the two door and the four door variety in the outdoor elements. And they are amazing photographs. You guys just got to do some Google search and go check that out. The pictures out there of the new Jeeps are absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's uh, it's really exciting. And I was just going to mention, it, it may say FCA, but the people that are working there aren't necessarily new. They may have been the same engineers and same designers that have been there for the, the YJ through the LJ. So that mm-hmm. influence that you see and, and the and, and the willingness to put your foot down and say, no, damn it, <laughs> we're not going to put that seat warmer in here. Or I'll give you a seat warmer, but you have to let me give it a Jeep dash. You know, one right, of those type of things. Right. <laughs> well, hey, guys, coming up later in the show, we have Tammy from Burnt Customs. And no, Jeep Mama isn't <laughs> moonlighting as a fabricator now. This Tammy is from Austin, Texas, and makes some kick-ass metal art, along with mm-hmm. some very unique inner fender liners and foot pegs for Jeeps and some other stuff too. We're going to hear her story in just a few. Hey guys, next week I'm really excited as well. We have Tom Taylor from rockauto.com. If you guys don't know about Rock Auto, well, they've got all the parts that your Jeep will ever need. Rockauto.com. We've got Tom Taylor from Rock Auto next week. Stay tuned. Oh, I had a half a ding there. I, I got to uh, fill that out. There we go. That's for Tom there. Taylor and Rock Auto. So, should I do my joke about Tim Taylor? If uh, Tom has, I any- was wondering if you were going to do that. I was, I, as I saw this uh, this pop up, and that was the very first thing I thought of was, is Tony going to default to you know the old the old TV show, yeah. you know, with uh, Tim Allen? Home and, home improvement, uh, yeah. Home the, improvement uh, is Tim the, one, the Tool yeah, Man Tim, Taylor. Yep, yep. That's the one, Tammy. Can, can you can you imagine? How, I loved that show. Can Me you imagine too. how many times Tom Taylor has heard that? You know, I can only. Only imagine. So we'll give him old. some grief next week, guys. We'll, we'll ask him about that and all the other embarrassing stuff as well. But uh, hey, guys, in the meantime, that's coming up next week. If you guys have a question for Tom Taylor with rockauto.com, well, be sure to email yes. us at info at jeeptalkshow.com. And uh, hey, you just might hear your question asked here on the air. What was uh, what was it like working with Pamela Anderson? All right. Speaking of which. Uh, wrong guy. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what? Uh, I'll, I'll open with that one, and he'll just he'll do the hand like, the hand palm, what? the face You're palm. Like, okay, this this dude's loony. I'm hanging out. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> how how much not fun? What would I that, signed up for? How, how much fun would that be to actually get a guest to hang up on us? Well, that's a, that's our short <laughs> interview for tonight. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know we've been uh, been hearing from uh, Steve 4.3 LXJ uh, on the uh, Jeep Tip segment here about airing down. We're now going to do part four, and Yay. honestly. Honestly, did anybody really think, besides you, Josh, that there was four, much less five or six parts 
to airing down. This is amazing. This is great detailed well, information. I'll, I'll answer your question, but I need a good 37 to 45 minutes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. We'll save that for tomorrow's show. Here we go with Steve, part four of Airing Down. This is Steve, 4.3 LXJ with a Jeep tip. Continuing on in our series about airing down, we now have let the air out of the tire. We've got our gauge and we got the right pressure. We've gone out four-wheeling and now it's time to put air back in the tire. And this is kind of the part that is a little hard for some folks and it's hard to figure out the best way to do it. But there's really three ways to do this. One is with an electric, electric compressor, two is with a mechanical compressor, and three is with a power tank. And we'll go over all three of these systems. The uh, first, the electric compressor is the easiest. You can look on amazon.com and uh, be sure you use your Jeep Talk Show link when you do this. And you can see all kinds of 12-volt air compressors. And they sound pretty good, most of them. Air compressors, like for my shop, for instance, are rated, say, at uh, 5 uh, cubic feet per minute at 40 PSI. And that sounds pretty good. But the problem, when you get these little... Uh, 12 volt compressors that plug into your cigarette lighter, they'll say two cubic feet per minute. Some of them are four, some of them are five. The problem is that when you get to these little compressors, they're a little bit deceptive. They want you to buy them. And they don't tell you that that two cubic feet per minute, which may sound okay, is at zero PSI. Well, let's face it. <laughs> your lungs can provide that much air at zero PSI, but your lungs cannot inflate a tire at road pressures. And so it's the same with the, a lot of these little compressors. They just don't do the job or they slow down so much that maybe you want to pitch a tent and wait for it to happen until maybe tomorrow sometime when you get your tires aired back up. So you have to, find some other way to figure out how these electric compressors are going to perform. And that's with looking at how many amps they draw. If you can plug these little guys into a cigarette lighter, I don't recommend them for four-wheeling purposes. They might be okay for airing up an occasional tire or something like that, but four of them, forget it. Especially if they're the 35 or the 37-inch variety, that's just not going to cut it. So you want a compressor that pulls at least 20 amps. And those kind of compressors are the kind that you got to raise the hood and they've got some uh, what looks like small jumper cable uh, connectors on the end and you hook them up to the battery and they draw a little power. Those compressors pump enough air to be of some benefit. And the second thing you need to do is make sure that you have a air tank of one or two gallons that goes with these. That way you don't have the compressor cycling on and off and on and off while you're doing this. And if you have an air tank, you can also use these compressors in double duty to do something like run an impact wrench or some other air tool. Uh, you won't run it real fast, but it is possible to use an air tool with a two gallon tank at one or two cubic feet per minute. I've done it and uh, 
it's real handy sometimes. Next time we'll talk about mechanical compressors and then after that we'll talk about air tanks. See you on the trail. So uh, I will go out on a limb and say there's one other thing you can run by uh, having onboard air in an air tank. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Who knew we could use that twice in one episode? Ah. <laughs> I have um, a portable one that I hook up to my battery. It just sits in the back of my Jeep. And then when it's time to air up, I just hook it to my battery and, and air up. But it, it's pretty, it just takes a long time. Yeah. I think that's what Steve was describing. And yeah. uh, you could look and see what the current rating on that thing is uh, probably on the unit itself. And I would, uh, I would go out on a limb and say, that's probably not the kind that you want for the kind of, uh, kind of airing up that you do, Tammy, whenever you air down, uh, going oh, it's off road. A, it's, a, it's meant for off-roading. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just impatient and think it needs to be faster. No, I, I think, don't know. I think it's exactly what Steve's saying. It's probably just, it would be great for if you got a tire that's low uh, or if you got enough time to spend to air up uh, after the, right. the trail. You, They have uh, air refilling facilities at uh, Ross Creek, though, don't they? Yeah, they do. But there's always a big, long, because usually when I go, it's for an event. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. there's tons big of Big line at the there. end of the day, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if anybody makes uh, makes money with uh, you know a big uh, compressor out there. Like, hey, you come on over here, twenty five cents. Uh, just fill her up. Well, I tell you the uh, when I'm when I'm wheeling and stuff, the guy in the staging area at the end of the day who's got a uh, portable tank is the most popular guy in the in the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me a blow, dude. Give me a blow. Um, oh no, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> You gotta have fun while you're waiting, Tammy. It's uh, oh. it's really boring. I could, I can well imagine it's very, very boring waiting in that line. There's, uh, I'm sure there's lots of good conversations going on. You're listening to a four by four radio network podcast. Hey, and speaking of other sites and such, we have big news to share with you. Dan, Craig, and Rich, the team over at the Four by Four Podcast, they have reached a major milestone. As of this, the fourth week in November 2017, they have officially seen over 1 million downloads of their show. A big Jeep wave and some hearty congratulations from all of us here at the Jeep Talk Show to Dan and his crew. If you'd like to hear what all the fuss is about, well, don't forget, you can hear the 4x4 podcast over at the 4x4 Radio Network. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. It gets confusing, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And soon, we're going to be on Spotify, Jeepers. It may be another week or so before you guys are going to see us in the searches. But for all those Spotify users out there, we will soon have a new, easy way to listen to the show. Stay tuned. Hey, I didn't oh. I didn't tell you guys. What? what, what, we're, what? we're on Spotify. Oh, it's official? Oh. It's there. If you go over to Yay. Spotify and do a search Jeep. for Jeep Talk Show, we're there, dude. Sooner than expected. Outstanding, guys. So there it is. We are officially on Spotify. Oh, one last note, Jeepers. I have to take a moment to give what, well, I, I guess would be the opposite of a shout out. Let's call it a dishonorable mention. How about that? Today's dishonorable mention goes out to a, a new dark gray JK owner uh, who's recently been in the news. Uh, Matt Lauer, you may know, was uh, fired from network TV this week for some, well, let's, we'll call it uh, unjeepman like conduct. Shenanigans. Yes, yeah. bad shenanigans. So he, he gets the uh, the uh, dishonorable mention of the week or month or whatever. You know, I would think that the the meme that he had posted on his office door, the best pants or no pants, would have been a good sign. And his lawyers <laughs> may use that as a as a defense for anybody that went into his office. <laughs> 
poor Matt. What's the deal with all these all these big I, shots? You know, it's, it's, it's been going on for years. Of course, I was in, I was in TV news, and that oh, stuff happened when well, I was in TV news. I can only. I was actually going to ask you behind the scenes, Tammy, uh, uh, if you had ever seen any any you know instances of this kind of stuff happening when you were in the industry. Uh, but that's a that's a you know that's a, a story for another time. No, but, we got uh, we yeah. got no, we got time. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no! It yeah, I. I've, I will know firsthand. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G Mama. Hey guys. Um. So I think it was last weekend I went wheeling. Was it last weekend? Yes, it was last weekend. Um. And my friend Amanda came with me, and we just had a really good time. We did some light blues and some hard green trails. And I just love being out in the outdoors. And it was nice and relaxing this time. The trails technically weren't that hard. Um, But I still cannot handle being off camber. Um. Mm. I still have an issue with going through water, though I've done it tons and tons of times. And I still have, you know, the, this fear of heights. And as you know, Roush Creek is is out in the mountains. It's a wooded mountain area. It's not like Colorado or anything. But um, looking back at the video now, I just laugh at myself because I'm like, God, Tammy, you are the biggest chicken <laughs> on this planet. <laughs> And I know the videos never do it justice. Um, And people say that all the time, or pictures never do it justice. It looks a lot easier than it really is, um, and a lot less dramatic. But anyway, I just want to say that, you know, I love wheeling and off-roading so much that I just go ahead and I just forge through my fears. And um, I thought maybe you guys would get a little kick out of my video and listening to me because I know you've seen and heard this over and over again. But I just, for some reason, I can't help it. But I still power through. So let's take a listen. (laughs) Oh, God, I hate this water. Oh, Jesus. Oh my god, my arm hurts from holding on. Frickin' we're on the side of a mountain. This is kind of like Black Bear Pass. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, look at this. Oh, at least the trees are there, so if we tip. We're not gonna tip, it's <laughs> Shut up, it is drive. <gasps> uh, did you hear? <laughs> By the audio, you'd think that she already got tipped. This, right? It's not that it's a bad trail, it's just I'm afraid of heights. Oh, gotcha. See, I just get myself all worked up. <laughs> And then you just plow through it and you keep going. You didn't stop. So that's great. (laughs) And I don't know. It's like all of a sudden I just start panicking. And I mean, I've been on these same trails over and over and over again. And I don't know. It's just in your head, don't you? You just kind of. Yeah. It's like I know I'm afraid of heights. So oh my god, I I got to be afraid here. And, um, you know, maybe one day I'll get over it, but maybe I won't, but I don't let it stop me. And I had a really good time, um, met some great new Jeepers, um, which is always fun. And, um, I can't wait to go out again. I was 
hoping to go out on the 16th. Um, they're having another trail ride on the 16th but of December. But in case you didn't know, Star Wars opens that weekend. and uh, Got to go, go see Star Wars. First world problems here, people. Yeah, yeah it really is. <laughs> Take my $40,000 Jeep. Wait to, to afraid I'm going to die. But, you know, Star Wars is coming up. So I uh, better go do that. So, uh, Tammy, do you think that uh, off-roading would be as much fun if you got used to the the stuff that the scares the shit out of you right now? Do you think I would? It would be would you, as fun. Yeah. Or? Would you think you would enjoy it as much? Because there's a lot of adrenaline. There's a the oh yeah the wonderful hey I made it out alive type type feeling. <laughs> and and you know I think that is true too because once I make it through that water I'm like oh thank God and you know it's always <laughs> good because after those little you know episodes that I have there's always like an easy part of the trail which is good so I can like calm down my I can take the grip off the wheel and um <laughs> yeah Tammy, let me, but let no, me I, ask you are you are you are you as white knuckled in the beginning of the day as you are at the end of the day um not so much i guess it just so it's maybe it's just a little trail. something you kind of you got to get your yeah. seat time in you kind of got to get loosened right. up a little bit you feel a couple of bumps and you kind of work the jitters out and then you're okay yeah, maybe I'll have to pay attention to that next time. She's like, sure, let's go with that. Sure, yeah. let's go with yeah, that. Yeah, sure, that's the answer. But, you know, I am like that. There is an overpass. I'll have to videotape it one day. There's an overpass here that I have to go on sometimes, and it scares the living crap out of oh, me. Oh, really? Are we talking about on-road or off? On-road, just no, on the highway. Not. Really? Susie always yeah. makes me slow down oh, when we go over God. those flyovers. Now, I don't know yeah. if you guys have flyovers in your areas like we do. But oh, no, we, absolutely. We have flyovers that are uh, must be in excess of 100 feet high. Uh, oh, they absolutely. Are, no, all, all day long over here, we got bridges okay. that only have grates for, for, for decking. No, no cement. Oh, yeah. There's, there's here. Tammy, Doesn't the Tammy Jeep sound at, so much better when you're going over the open grates? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tammy, I mean, you, you should, uh, you should look down? up... Uh, you should look up Bridge of the Gods. Uh, that that's okay. out not and actually not that far from from where I live, just about another half hour, forty five minutes up the freeway. Um, but Bridge of the Gods, and it, it is extremely high, extremely narrow, and extremely see through. <laughs> oh, I'm looking it up right now. We had um oh yeah no uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah no <laughs> uh, there I lived in Charleston, South Carolina, and they have they had this really old rickety bridge. And when I was a news photographer, I had to drive the news van up that thing and get out and videotape, I don't know, some bad accident or something. And that that was very scary, very, because the bridges move. Oh, yeah. Uh, but no, I have a, a fear of water, bridges, and heights. So, Holy crap. How are you not yeah. housebound? I know. So, but. <laughs> I don't let it stop me from having fun. No, that's good. That's the way it is for, job, for everybody. Yeah. Get out there and, and do the things you got to do. We we all have to go through that. A few of us aren't able to, which is uh, which is sad, but uh, everybody has something they're afraid of and they go and do. Yep. And it's great that you have a hobby that uh, allows you to, uh, uh, that you're so interested in that you go out there and do that stuff anyway. It'd be a lot easier just to stay at home. Um, but have give me a spider any day of the week. No, No big deal. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, yep. I'd have a little bit of a trouble if I was driving along, uh, and, and the spider started, you know, coming down slowly. There's people turning off the podcast right now, coming yeah. slowly in front of me <laughs> while I was driving. I would have to, I would have to maintain calm and I'd have to start thinking about what I was going to do more than likely. I would just, you know, hit it with my, my finger and thump it and, you know, kill it and, uh, it'd be a little splat on the windshield. 
Hey, folks, coming up later in the show, we're going to get into some driveline advice with Josh in Tech Talk. And if you guys are looking for a source of Jeep tech info, how-tos, and a gathering of fellow like-minded Jeepers, you've got to head over to jeeptalkforum.com. Really cool site, guys. We've set this up to where there's not going to be any flaming. There's no such thing as stupid questions. It's your best place to go if you're looking for tech answers or you know maybe some uh, advice or maybe some motivation for your next build or maybe you're stuck in your current build and you need some help. Well, we got one place for you to go, jeeptalkforum.com. We'll see you there. And hey, Jeepers, if you don't already know, we've been talking about some giveaways here in the last couple few months, and Extreme Terrain has given away a couple of Jeeps. We'll be announcing the winners here on that here pretty soon. But we've got Rock Auto, an interview with them coming up next week, and just in time for their big giveaway, which ends on December 22nd. So you want to get in there and head over to rockauto.com right now. Look for their big giveaway. Guys, they're giving away a custom 1968 Jeep Commando. This thing is amazing. Now, when you hear 1968, you're thinking, oh, God, it's going to be old. It's going to be a rice packet. No, trust me. This thing is a freaking monster. You got to go check it out. Head over to rockauto.com right now. Enter in their giveaway to win this one-of-a-kind 1968 Jeepster. It is sweet. And we'll be sure to have that link in our show notes. So just go over to Jeep. Uh, talkshow.com and uh, check out the show notes for episode 309. All right. So uh, now we get to go to reviews. You know, sometimes we have, most of the time, actually, we have five-star reviews. Sometimes we we don't. And tonight we don't. And uh, true to uh, what we claim, we always talk about all the reviews right here. Uh, I guess the only time that's going to change if we start getting 10,000 of them a week, uh, which I wouldn't mind. Yeah, that would be hard. <laughs> I would not mind having that uh, that problem. Then we'd have to pick and choose. But right now we don't. And uh, I was actually trying to find the link to uh, so I could make it easier for you guys to go get the app for uh, the Jeep Talk Show app, so you can listen to the show just directly from the app on your phone or, or tablet. And uh, I, I found the link, sure enough. But I also saw that some people had put in some reviews, uh, and the the latest review uh, there for the uh, the iTunes app uh, uh, for the Jeep Talk Show was uh, left to us by and Josh give me a little hand there what is it scoopy eye scoop eye uh, yeah i would go with either one of those i think that would uh, that's a safe Hot bet damn and he gave us a 3 star he <gasps> says yeah i know he says wait for it you'll see why it's 3 stars like the show but please drop the red jeep black jeep bit it's not funny it's old and worn out like my rusty yj i cringe every time it comes up and Josh Please give Tammy some speaking lessons, an inflection, a rhythm, something is needed. The report on the Jeep Jeep Toledo plant was similar to a sixth grade book report. Keep up the good work. Confusing. (laughs) General Jeep news to open and the tech and trail talk is great. Tony, I just want to say that's really not a review. (laughs) To me, a review is a little bit more constructive criticism instead of being, you know, a little mean. Um, I think that was a little mean towards me. Um, I think he's being a big chicken hiding behind his (laughs) keyboard. Um, And you know what? He can kiss my ass. How's that for inflection? Tammy, I I don't know... uh, directly but i think that you've probably had a few offers for people to kiss your ass uh, out there yeah. on uh, google plus at least right. <laughs> all i gotta say is it's a, it's a good thing we're not on radio i could hear the fcc pencil beep, snapping beep, right beep. now yep. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you're gonna give a review like that at least put your name on it 
That's true. And that's the kind of the, the problem with the anonymity of the internet. Um, we certainly love to have a criticism and it's, it's very important to us. And I, I kind of uh, giggled when I, I heard the, or read the thing about the cringe every time the red black thing comes up, because that's what Josh does. You don't always see it. Uh, I see him on Skype and he is, he does. There's cringes. a lot. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes here, guys. And, and that was one of the things we, we try to get you guys to watch the live show when we were doing that. And mm-hmm. because there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the cameras that, that, you know, only the live viewers got to see. Um, and that's one of them. <laughs> anytime that, that came up or anytime he'd play a drop or a, or a little clip, you know, soundbite or something talking about the red Jeep, black Jeep thing or whatever. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a little bit on board with, with Scoopy here. Um, in that yeah, it's, it's kind of getting a little bit worn out. I'm with him on that. I'll give him that. Everything else he's being a kind of mean. Tammy does a great job here on the show it is, it has been an, just an amazing addition uh, ever since we we brought her on board. And I can't say enough good things about what she's done for the show. Hey, and one more thing. Black Jeeps rock. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> one last little dig. But we uh, yeah. we always appreciate the uh, the reviews, yeah. good or bad. Oh, and, good uh, or bad. And, and this one wasn't all bad. I mean. No, uh, not at all. It's a, uh, it's a three star. It's not a one star. And uh, he actually names the segments that he like. And I love that. Thank you very much for letting us know what you like and you don't like and i encourage everybody else to do the same thing just make it a five star <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey guys if you were if you're at all you know on the fence about giving us a review or um you know giving it leaving us a comment and stuff like that well let this go ahead and, and open the door for you uh maybe kind of break the ice a little bit you know um even you know reviews like this guys we still have some fun with and like we have always said we read them on the air so um, whether you have a, you know, a little pat on the back to give us, uh, some kudos or, or maybe you have something you think we can, we have room for improvement on drop us a line. Let us know. You got tech questions. Oh, what do I ever, we have answers. Oh, that's good. Cause I think it's tech talk with Jeep talk. Well, let's get into a little bit of driveline and slip yoke eliminator talk. That's something we haven't really talked to a whole lot in depth in. We've got an email here over the last couple of weeks uh, from Christian uh, or Chris Martinez. Again, he actually uh, wrote into the show a while back, and and I think that we called him a he or a she, yeah, rather. She, yeah, it's uh, so, Chris- yes. Kristen. Yeah. No, Christian. Yeah. Christian. Yeah. Anyway, we'll We're call him Chris. Fred. Chris Martinez. <laughs> Anyways, he goes on to write, my current build is a 99XJ. Chrysler 8 and a quarter in the back, 4.5 inches of lift, 33 inch tires. I currently have a transfer case drop, but I want to move towards an SYE. Many people say that you can use the front drive shaft off of some Cherokees and some Grand Cherokees. How does having a 5-speed affect this, though? I know the AW4 is longer than the AX15. I have the AX15 manual transmission. I know buying a custom shaft is the way to go. But if buying a shaft works, buying a front shaft works just fine, I'd rather pay for two at a junkyard and have a spare. So which drive shaft out of what Jeep would be best fit for my XJ once I install an SYE? Thanks. I look forward to every show you put out. It makes my commute around the DC area so much better. Signed, Chris M. Hashtag lockers before light bars. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good. That's a good hashtag, actually. Yeah, it is. All right, there's a lot of questions in there, and we'll get into all of it, but we need to cover some of the fundamentals here first before we dive too deep into the answers. And Jeepers, I'm going to just gonna give you a heads up right now. There is a lot to go over in this subject. So I've broken it up into a couple few parts, and this is part one of a multi-part series that we're going to get into with 
uh, drive lines and, um, and slippy oak eliminators. Uh, first off, uh, Chris did a great job of providing a lot of necessary information about his Jeep. This has made my job of answering his question a lot easier. So thanks, Chris. Yeah, so let's great. start at the beginning and let's get everybody up to speed. What is a SYE and why is it used? So SYE stands for slip yoke eliminator. The slip yoke is the yoke that slides over the output shaft of the transfer case. And the transfer case is what gives us four-wheel drive. Now, this is the yoke that um, the rear drive shaft connects to at the transfer case. Now, the earlier Cherokees, the 84 to 95 design, uses an output housing that contains a seal at the end that holds fluid in the housing and lubes the yoke as it slides in and out of the output shaft. Now, the, the fluid is the transfer case fluid. The 96 and later models used a sealed housing, and the yoke is lubed with grease from the factory, and a small rubber boot is attached to the housing and the yoke to keep the grease from getting contaminated. Okay, so the downside is that this setup is a lot longer from the rear of the case to the end of the yoke, which in some cases, that's not the end of the world. Now, the SYE kit replaces the stock slip yoke and housing with a sealed housing and a fixed flange or yoke. This fixed flange or yoke is what a new double carton style drive shaft will bolt up to. Some people will call this a CV or a constant velocity joint drive shaft, but that is incorrect. A double carton joint drive shaft uses two U joints instead of a single one, and this allows for a much steeper driveline angle without any binding and stuff. So these shafts utilize a two-piece design that allows for suspension travel by allowing the shaft itself to compress and extend versus the whole shaft sliding um, on, you know, on and off the, the yoke of the output shaft of the transfer case. So the sealed output now allows for the rear drive shaft to be completely removed from the vehicle and without allowing the transfer case fluid to empty out all over the trail or your driveway. Now, this is what would happen in those 84 to 95 Jeep transfer cases if you just removed the drive line. Now, I know this doesn't apply to Chris because he has a 99, but it's good info nonetheless because there are a lot of older Jeeps still out on the trail. So when should a SYE or slip yoke eliminator be used? Well, the stock drive shaft is a fixed length unit that relies on the slip yoke to adjust when the suspension travels up and down. When lifting a Jeep like Chris's XJ, the angle between the rear pinion, that's the part of the angle, the drive, part of the axle the driveline attaches to, and the slip yoke become greater. That, the factory setup was not intended for these variations in, in, in lift and, and those angles to be changing. The angle difference will be no, most noticeable in the fact that the slip yoke will be pulled further out of the housing than before lift. You're going to see a lot more of that output shaft of the transfer case showing. And there will likely be vibrations from the U-joints binding and maxing out as well. The differences in angle can be attributed to several things, but they all revolve around this one central point, the length of the drive shaft. Now, you will hear various things from various people about what size lift can be run without a slip yoke eliminator, etc., etc. The key here is to recognize the differences between their Jeep and yours. Everybody's mileage is going to vary. So the one thing that worked for that one guy, well, it may not work exactly the same way for you. Now, Chris mentioned the length of the two trans transmissions primarily used in his generation of Jeep, the XJs and the MJs and the ZJs. Now, the manual transmission, or the AX5 and the AX15, like Chris's, uh, is are shorter. They are shorter than the automatic transmissions like the AW4. But there are also some slight differences in the transfer cases and axle housings as well. The MP231 is shorter than the 242 transfer case. The Dana 35 has the shortest pinion housing, followed by the Dana 44. And the longest is the eight and a quarter. I could spend another hour on just the different combinations out there, what they mean, what to look for in the junkyard, how to identify parts, and so on and so forth. Let's face it. You guys definitely don't want to hear me drone on for that long about that much of tech that may not be applicable to you and your Jeep. So we're going to break this up, guys. Next week, 
We're going to get into more of this topic. We're going to cover the pros and cons of using and not using a slip yoke eliminator, and we'll specifically answer Chris's question with what he will need to look for when sourcing a used driveline for his lifted XJ. In the meantime, guys, if you have a question about Jeep tech, mods, electrical, anything Jeep related, or maybe you just need some advice on a build, shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line tech talk. I'll answer your question directly, and I may even select your question to air here on the show. All right, so I'm confused about something and uh, something here, and maybe someone, somebody in our one of our listeners, maybe as well. I have a '98, and, okay. and 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 maybe I misunderstood what you were saying. So correct me on this. If yeah. you remove the rear drive shaft, or if it's re- removed for you on the trail <laughs> while you're driving mm-hmm. around, right. uh, if you don't have an SYE uh, on your 231 or 242 transfer case. The transmission, I'm sorry, the, the transfer case fluid is going to leak out of the back on, on the 97 plus Jeeps. No, True or false? Any, that, that's false. So pretty much any Jeep 95 and older, if that drive line falls out of the back of the transfer case, if that slip yoke, if that, if that rear suspension gets flexed too much, if you have too much lift and you get too much droop on that rear end and, and that stock drive shaft slides off of the output shaft of the transfer case on the 95 and older Jeeps that that little that that cone area is where the fluid the lubrication for that slip yoke um, is provided by and that lubrication is the transfer case fluid and so mm-hmm. if that drive line comes off the transfer case fluid is just going to come start pouring right out of the back of that now on the 95 or the 96 and newer Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeeps, they they change that output shaft nose cone to a sealed unit, and even though that the 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 slip yoke is still on the drive shaft it's, or on the output shaft itself, just like it was on the older Jeeps, uh, that that now has a seal on it, and so if that were to come off, the '96 and newer Jeeps uh, have the transfer case sealed up, and the fluid will not just empty out. That is not how mine worked. If I took the the drive shaft out. The, the the transfer case fluid would come out. Hmm. And, and I remember when taking that that no that tail cone or uh, I think it would be the tail cone that tail cone off the the yoke shaft. I mean not the not the transfer case shaft, but the yoke itself. It would actually seal on one of those uh, you know one of the, the the rear seal there. And if if that was out of there, it could actually come out. Now maybe I had a bad seal, but I know that I was yeah, having I was- fluid coming out of there. I was going to say, ch- chances are you had a bad seal. Those things are extremely fragile. Now, once yeah. they're once they're on and lubricated, they're pretty good. But all it takes is a is you know uh, a little shard of glass, um, a lot of sand that's been up in there for a while, or just wear and tear. Uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand miles or so. Those seals are eventually going to wear out, and they will eventually leak. Um, and obviously, if, if you have a lift on there, if you're not running a slip yoke eliminator. Um, you know, your driveline angle is severe or something like that. There's going to be a lot of, yeah. a lot of force on that drive shaft as well. And we're going to get into that next week as well. Um, but that could be another cause for where you're going to be seeing that fluid coming from. And I, and I don't want to, uh, to jump ahead, but that I will say when I put the SYE on mine, it was wonderful. Just, just knowing that I could, if something happened to the drive shaft, as long as the, the, the double carton end didn't come off too, that transfer case is now sealed front and rear. Yes. So if you guys are familiar with the the uh, the where the drive shaft mounts on the front of the transfer case, when you put a SYE on, the back end looks the same way. 
And your question may be, why didn't it come like that from the factory? I'll just leave that sitting there. <laughs> We're just going to leave that out there and marinate for a little while. That's, that's a really good question there, Tony. <laughs> so that's just on the Cherokees, though, correct? No, not not uh, not actually. This is this I mean, is on a. Go ahead. No, they're not. This isn't. This, this isn't on the JKs. Joke, yeah. Right. I'm just trying to see that. Trying to figure out the difference. I'm I'm online looking at pictures right now. The JK transfer case has uh, uh, the double carton uh, on both front and rear. I believe the transfer case. I believe even the TJ transfer case uh, on some of them had that as well. Uh, They they had a a fixed a fixed yoke on the back of the TJ transfer cases, which even uh, were were a two thirty one nonetheless. They were set up a little bit differently. I have to look at uh, at the our O three TJ. The only thing I noticed when I got underneath there to do some work uh, was the little bitty tiny little bitty drive shaft it's about yeah, four inches long they, yeah they are itty bitty now <laughs> yeah, well the, you know the two-door wranglers they they are short and yeah. when you you know you get a transmission mm-hmm. and a transfer case in there and and everything you don't have a whole lot of room for drive shaft but uh thankfully they don't need a whole lot of drive shaft uh-huh. they're, they're not a full-size pickup but they don't need a 10-foot drive line so and, and they got a harmonic balancer on that drive shaft too well, all drive shafts should be balanced. Uh, that's another thing that we're going to go into um, when giving advice to to Chris in regards to his um, his build here um, about you know drive lines and used drive lines and and U joints and stuff like that, uh, and how important it is to to make sure that you know all your U joints, whether they're on the axle or your drive lines, are in good condition. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast at my mom's house. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do. So at the beep, leave your message. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> so uh, we have another Wrangler Extreme. Uh, Nate's going to give us part four of Jeeping with Kids. And this time it's exposure. And I got to say, when I read this, uh, this, uh, this little uh, title that he came up with, I had a little flashback of Chris Hansen in, uh, in uh, To Catch a Predator. But I don't think that has anything to do with that. No, and I'm wondering why Nate's exposing himself to kids. That's just <laughs> oh, there you go. There no. you go. You got no. what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nate. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Nate will be calling us. Nate will be calling us on Speakpipe. <laughs> no, he will never be calling us again. That's no, 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 like, no. That's it. no, no, Nate. All right, Tony and Josh. I have only one response to your comments regarding last week's Wrangler Extreme. <sighs> And thank you, Tammy, for keeping it classy. <laughs> I was like, all of a sudden I heard my voice. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not Am talking. Am I talking? Yeah. I'm like, what's going on like, here? This, this is Friday. familiar. This isn't I'm Friday. I'm not, this is not Friday. I'm not drinking. I don't know why yeah. I'm talking. <laughs> so uh, we, we I missed this, uh, this, uh, this voicemail from last week. So I thought it was only uh, uh, the right thing to do and, and can't give you some idea what Nate was talking about by playing the, what he was referencing. So, uh, poor Nate, uh, I just, he's a smart guy and he, he's been listening to the show for a long time. He had to know that was coming. He had to know. (laughs) Tony, Tony, Tony. All right. And you know, I'm a little excited, uh, but not in the way you'll think. Um, apparently we've received our first obscene voicemail you know josh you're always telling people to to call in oh, if geez. they're at three o'clock in the morning and three sheets oh, yeah, to the wind yeah, yeah. so right. I, I think and this was not me <laughs> not me so I, I think this will well i'll just let you listen 
<sighs> oh God. <sighs> Hell. <sighs> Audi. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell was that? <laughs> so, so, it's oh, Josh familiar. Up. <laughs> oh my god! So uh, I just want to tell you was uh, that Nikki G? <laughs> I don't know. I know. <laughs> so uh, whoever the anonymous caller was, we we uh, appreciate Can you the play call. It again? Sure. <laughs> hell yeah! I gotta listen to it now. <sighs> Audi. <laughs> Audi. What the? Uh, it sounded like a cat, and then out. I don't know. Okay. So, love, love the calls. Any calls, whether any calls at all, seen or not, well, we, we appreciate them. That might have been a button. Anyone dial. outdo that? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I think I'm the only one enjoying this as much as I'm enjoying it. I just think that's so funny. <laughs> a little weird. Uh, it's a lot of weird. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Tammy, uh, we, which will we will refer to as JM because we are interviewing a Tammy tonight. Uh, Tammy, thank you for joining us. Tammy, don't JM, don't you talk? Uh, yeah. Tammy, <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, You're welcome. <laughs> there you go. And uh, she's so confused. Uh, she's here every week. Um, so uh, first off, let's get started with uh, where you're located and uh, what you do there. Yeah, so I uh, live here in Austin, Texas. I own a company called Burnt Customs, a metal fabrication shop, um, primarily focusing on Jeep parts, quite honestly. Um, still work out of my garage and plan to for quite a while now because um, it's pretty fun to stay close to home and all my oh, stuff is yeah. here. So. Love being at home. The commute is great between the, the house and the garage. Absolutely. Did, absolutely. Did except get, that you work 24 seven. Yeah. That's the downside. Do you, uh, do you get any crap from the neighbors or the homeowners association about, uh, all that, uh, uh sulfur and burnt, uh, brimstone smells? <laughs> so the good thing is, is I live like right outside the city limits. I'm still, I'm still in the city technically, but, uh, we don't have any noise ordinance or anything. Ah. So even so, though I'm still very polite, I turn all my equipment off at 8:30, so no, it's mad. All right, well, we're rushing along here, and uh, I want to get some more personal information. Now, you you must be a Jeep owner if if you have if you make Jeep parts. I mean, this sounds like a sickness that turned into a business. It's definitely OCD. Um, <laughs> definitely crazy over Jeep. I've been, uh, I guess, my whole life. I wanted a Jeep. I wanted a Jeep since I was 14 years old, and um, when I turned 40, I finally got my first Jeep. And um, started wheeling it right away. Uh, I'm in a group called Austin Jeep People, um, also Dark Side Jeepers. So there's just a ton of us that go out all the time. And there's a lot of great places around here to go to go wheel. And um, yeah, I got involved in something that's called a newbie run, and they taught me how to um, you know air down and and uh, well, basically do everything that you need to do to just go take your take your first ride. And I got addicted to it, and I've been wheeling ever since. 
was your Jeep modified when you first got it or did you go wheeling with it stock? It was super stock. So when I, when I got my Jeep, it was, um, it was a, it's a Willys, So it has all of the Rubicon suspension and stuff like that. So, you know, I guess it was a little bit lifted, um, but not very much. I had 33 from, from my tires, but mud tires at that. So I think I could handle a little bit better than say like a stock Jeep would maybe a couple years older than my Jeep, but no, super stock. Um, it was definitely experience. Um, I was scared the entire time, probably the first three times I went out, but yeah, I get that. Get- so what kind of wheeling did you start out doing? Just like <laughs> mud, sand, rocks. Yes. Yeah, so it's really rocky out here. This is actually kind of a funny story. It's a newbie run, right? Um, right. There were uh, just a gazillion Jeeps out there. I got put into a group called mild to wild. Um, just because Uh-oh. there was no more room. <laughs> And so I'm thinking it's a newbie run, no big deal, right? So you have levels from one to five, five being the hardest. And I got put into a group with uh, one of one of my really good friends now. His his name is Mule. He was the lead, and apparently he took us on a bunch of threes and fours. Um, Holy crap! Not the ones. <laughs> so, so lots of lots of lots of uh, lots of rocks. We went through some ravines. We went up up a few cliffs, down a few cliffs. And oh I was the God. only girl in my group, so kept on pressuring me, of course, in a nice way. You know, if if I do it, then all the other guys have to do it. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. That, that was my first experience, and it was it was really fun. I mean, a rock wall literally slammed into my Jeep, so I did some damage to it, and that's actually how I started working on my Jeep and started making parts. Ah, that makes a lot of sense, especially if you go out there and price things. <laughs> Exactly, I can make it. <laughs> I can make it a lot cheaper. Well, and uh, you have the uh, now you have the experience. Uh, how long have you? Uh, when, when was this happening? Uh, when you got this Jeep? And, and I don't think we asked which one it was. Uh, it sounds like it's a Wrangler, but uh, uh, what year? Yeah, I have a sixteen Wrangler, um, Willys edition. Um, probably couldn't tell that it's a Willys edition now. I've done I've done a little bit of modification to it, not as much as I want yet. Um, but of course, I've upgraded you know my tires. Um, to uh, 35 middle grapplers. Um, my next thing that I want to do is is my suspension, my lift. Um, a lot of the things that I've done, I think, have been more cosmetic, um, especially because I'm making these parts. So, um, and one of those, of course, is the inner fender liners. Yeah. Now I know I'm looking at those right now, and Tony, isn't that cool? She, she makes all colors. I'm looking at the purple ones right now, and I'm like, I am so getting these. So uh, that was really what got me uh, curious about getting you here on the show. I was uh, on a Facebook page. I forget it was a Jeep group. I forget which one. And uh, somebody was talking about fender liners, and uh, uh, somebody commented about, "Oh, you need to check out Burnt Customs. Uh, they make uh, some some really great stuff over there." So uh, I uh, I think they sit in Texas, in Austin, Texas, and being a Texan. I thought to myself, well, I need to go check that out and went over there and I was, uh, I was really surprised. Now I know what a fender inner fender liner is, but I don't know mm-hmm. why you would want to make one uh, and make one out of metal. And I don't right. have, I don't have to ask why you would put, uh, you would, uh, uh burn in, uh, custom, uh, logos or emblems and stuff. Cause that's just cool. <laughs> but, uh, why would you need an inner fender uh, liner and why would it need to be out of metal? So, so a lot of the times when you start modding out your Jeep, I mean, one of the first things to go are the plastic liners that you have in there. 
you know, you're going to lift your Jeep. You're going to probably put different fenders on or, or delete your fender, fenders all together. Most people just rip that out. So your whole engine compartment is completely open. Um, for the most part, you know, that's probably fine. But if you're wheeling or say you're going down the highway at, you know, 60, 70, 80 miles an hour, something goes in there, you can damage something. Um, now, if your plastic liners in there, you'd probably be fine. But like I said, most people rip those out. Um, the aftermarket, the, the, the Jeep aftermarket industry is like a, it's, it's, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you can get all sorts of things from Poison Spider and uh, Ace and Rough Country and like, you know, all of these places make pretty much the same parts and pieces, but they're all branded to, of course, those companies. Right. And what is our favorite thing to do? It's modify our Jeep to do what our liking is, right? Um, not necessarily put everybody's, everybody else's brand on your Jeep, but put your own stuff on there. So that was really the motivation to, to start doing that. So it was really fun actually to go in there and make the templates and, see how they're going to fit and you know they're not only pretty um they're actually super durable and they protect your engine compartment so that's how that happened so i would assume that the uh the rubber or plastic inner fender liners get ripped out because uh the oversized tires being stuffed into the uh, fender well uh catches on them and uh and, and and rips them out if you don't do it manually so uh, I, I would yeah. I would assume the metal ones uh, just uh, you know take the abuse and uh, stay right where they're where they're where they're put and that's the advantage of having those uh, inner metal inner fender liners. What uh, what thickness of metal do you do you use on those things? You stole my question, you- Tony. <laughs> well, go ahead and ask it. We'll pretend <laughs> you asked. <laughs> no, I was just going to ask what what kind of metal and what size do you use? What gauge? Yeah, so they're 16 gauge, which is, uh, you know, 16, uh, 116th of an inch um, uh, hot rolled um, metal. It's just sheet metal that I get. Um, I go and cut out the design. Uh, basically, the process is I'll, I'll, I'll get some ideas from somebody. I'll drop some design comps from them. Uh, we go ahead and approve the design work. I go and cut, and then I bend the metal. I get it all ready to go and send it off to powder coating for however they want it. But it's a 16 it's gauge metal, so it's super durable. And the way that, that my design is, is it actually pushes back into the engine compartment as far as possible. So we've all tested this out on the trails and stuff. I mean, you can be aired down to nothing and your tires will not rub on the inner fender liners. So, um, so it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really good fit, at least for JKs from 2007 I'm just looking at them right now. And they do go really far back. Now, did you design this yourself, or did you base this on, like, the current inner fender wells? Or, I mean, how did you – it's a pretty unique design, I think. Thank you. Yeah, I did it myself so with cardboard. Um, oh, wow. like you would, would uh, use cardboard templates when you're doing body work. Right. Um, I use cardboard templates to do – do the inner fender liners. It took a long time, actually. It took me a couple weeks to get a good design. So I know this is has must have happened to you uh, either on the trail or uh, in the Walmart parking lot. Somebody sees those uh, inner fender liners uh, on your Jeep, and they say, "Hey, that looks cool. Where did you get that?" And uh, what are, what did they say whenever you said, "I made it"? <laughs> I get weird looks a lot. Um. <laughs> yeah. People say, well, 
did you did you just make the pretty design or did you actually you know who bent those for you or who actually cut those for you and <laughs> i get questions. i did <laughs> well you're in texas <laughs> they, you're in texas so they go well now there little lady we know that some man bent that for you <laughs> oh i get that almost on a day i'm so happy you just said that that's so um i guess on a daily basis the funniest part for me is i do mostly everything online so nobody really knows i'm a girl you know, they're just talking to somebody, you know, typing with them on Messenger or whatever, trying to come up with their design. Um, and it's always when, you know, either I'm delivering their product or they're coming to pick up the product or, you know, they just happen to meet me. That is the funniest <laughs> look on somebody's face. That, that will never get old. That's super funny. You're a girl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what my driver's license says. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Tammy, I noticed on the website... You show the the fender lining, oh, the front tires. You make them for the back tires as well, the back fender wells. Yeah, so I'm in the process of um, of doing that same process. I'm in the process of doing a process that doesn't sound right, but uh-huh. um, of, <laughs> of designing the the, the back liners. Um, those are a little bit more tricky because there's a lot of components behind that firewall back there, right? Um, you know, you have to, you're going to have to have some drill points in there. So I'm just trying to get the right design. Um, that's going to be the easiest for installation for people. Um, there's just been a lot of issues with, with other designs, with other manufacturers. So I'm trying to get around those. So, yes, they are coming, um, but, but not yet. So uh, I, I know everybody has uh, uh, probably not had the opportunity to go over to Brunt, BurntCustoms.com uh, yet, but do, do, do that now. Because I want to ask you about those really cool patterns. What do you call those things? Uh, they're actually cut out of the metal um, designs, images, or logos even uh, that, that you put in there where it makes it really easy to see uh, as uh, you pull up next to that Prius. They can look over there. and Do you have yeah. any, like, uh, I hate Priuses? Uh, anybody ordered that? And, oh, and can you get custom logos? Uh, do you make the custom logos? I do it. Ever anybody wants. So basically I'm, I'm, I'm commissioned. Um, I, I don't carry stock, so I don't have just stock designs that I sell. Um, although that's something that I'm looking at in the future. So right now everything has been word of mouth and everybody comes to me with either, can you do this design or I have an idea. Can you put a design together for me? And so we'll sit down and um, I usually give people about three art comps that they can pick and choose from and change and get an opportunity to change whatever they want. Um, and once they sign off on the artwork, then I get to cutting and finishing the metal and all of that kind of stuff. So it's really anything you want. If you can draw it with the Sharpie, I can cut it. So the online, do you get two? You, when we, you know, like if someone goes online to order, you get two, one for the passenger and driver tires. And I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. And my other question is the installation of it. Is it just like pretty much just bolt on into factory mounts that are already there? Absolutely. And then um, much like other, uh, much like other setups, I do have a few drill points that you could, you could utilize if you want to. Although these are so sturdy just with the, um, just with the, the bolt points that are in the standard bolt points already. Um, they're super sturdy. You really don't even need to use the drill points, mm-hmm. um, but you can just make them a little bit more sturdy. 
very, it's a really super, in, super easy installation. Um, the inner fender liners that I make are a two piece um, on purpose, actually, because I don't care what your Jeep you have, it's different from the other. You can have two 16s sitting right next to each other, and their bolt patterns are going to be just slightly off from one another. So um, make them two piece purposely to kind of keep the whole thing loose. Um, that way you're able to get in there, get everything, um, get all the bolts in there, get it all tightened up, and it fit actually perfect to your Jeep. Now, is there a, uh, a limit to the amount of detail that you can use to uh, for those logos? I mean, I would imagine that, it, well, are you using like a, a I want to say CNC, but that's not correct. The, the plasma cutter, is it computer controlled or is it a manual deal? Yeah, no, it is a CNC table. So I do have a, I have a plasma cutter um, that runs off of a CNC water table. Um, so basically my all the designs and everything on, on my computer, set it over to the CNC table, um, set that up and run the job. And then once I start running, it just, it does everything that the computer tells it to. So I, I don't know a lot about the, the machining type thing. You said a water table, is that uh, to cool the plasma or, or are you cutting with water? No. So I, I cut with plasma, okay. um, but there is water directly underneath the metal and what it, it serves a few purposes. One, it's, it uh it eliminates a lot of the dust that comes up and a lot of the fumes, but it also keeps the metal cool so it doesn't warp. So it's actually a really good setup, except for when you have to clean it up. So uh, I don't know. Did you uh, have you seen the Jeep talk uh, talk show logo? And and you can say no, that's fine. I'll just hang up on you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been honored because I listen to a lot of your a lot of your podcasts, but I can't remember if I've actually. If I've seen the logo. Well, my, my wife complained to me because when I came up with the logo, uh, it's basically a a Jeep Wrangler, uh, with, uh, you know, uh, flexing with the two tires. So with the tires, I had to use like mud terrain tires with all the little knobbies and stuff on it. And, uh, she has a, a, a cutter. So she actually made some stickers for me and she was really complaining about all those little knobs, the little, you know, on the, the mud tire. And I, I, when I was seeing this, I'm thinking, oh, that would look really good with a Jeep Talk Show logo uh, bolted to uh, Tammy's uh, uh, JKU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was wondering if you if it would actually do things, you know, how small that you could make them. Because, like I said, I remember my wife complaining about those little pieces of plastic moving around on her. Yeah. So, I mean, on the liners themselves, I have about, I have about seven by eight inches to play with. Oh, that's a good so size. I have, I have, yeah, I have a good amount of space to play with, but I always tell people, if you can draw it with a standard Sharpie marker, then then the table can cut it. That's really um, cool. So that yeah, had, and I can get pretty detailed. So that had to be been a hell of an investment. How did you... Uh, uh, reconcile that expenditure. I mean, I, I know that you, you know, you were planning on you know, making these things and, and making some money at it, or at least uh, uh, recouping the cost of things. But that had to have been a, a big deal to to go out and decide to spend three, five, six thousand, whatever it cost. And I'm not asking. I just know those things are very expensive. I've been doing leather and metal work actually for years now. So, um, and I've always been really, really creative. I really wanted to start working with metal a lot more. So I invested in a plasma cutter. Um, I don't know if you've ever played with the plasma cutter, but cutting by hand is extremely difficult. I mean, that just, that would take years to get really steady doing it. Oh yeah. Um, 
I've done graphic design most of my life, so I'm very used to doing the graphic side on the computer. And then I, I honestly, I think I just got super obsessed with the with the idea of having a plasma table. Um, I got really lucky, and I and I found a hobby table online that somebody was trying to get rid of. And I started everything off of this tiny little hobby table. It was a little tiny two by two, two foot by two foot table. And, and I started with that and I just grew really, really, really quickly. And I just now, just last month, I upgraded to my bigger, my bigger equipment. Um, I have uh, two questions for you. The first one is, um, do these work with any um, aftermarket vendors or is it just the stock? Now, they, they work with most aftermarket vendors. The only thing that I've had some issues with is when people um, when people install the body armor. Um, okay. The body armor. Yeah, because you're removing that whole side panel. Um, that whole side panel is where a lot of this is, where some of this is connected to. So um, with that one, I'd probably have to come up with a whole new design for people that have body armor up at the front on the front fenders. Um, but now they work with, 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 uh, flat fenders, with two fenders, with, with really anything. The bolt, the, the bolt pattern that it uses, um, is the same as, is where you would put the, the, the plastic inner fenders. So okay. it's not really, it's not touching really anything else. And do you make anything else? Um, are there other mm-hmm. items that you make? Can you give us a yeah. little snapshot of them? Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, um, I'm making fender uh, fender deletes. Um, and what I want to do with those, obviously, I just make the 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 plain ones that, that go over where your fenders go. Um, mm-hmm. People just want plain and simple. Um, but I also do some designs in them as well, so people can paint the underneath part of it and give give the the fender area. I don't know some 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 little detail, I guess, if you want to say. Right. Um, I also do tire deletes or be able to call them tramp stamps for the back. Um, okay. Yep. So I do uh, tail light covers. Um, and what else am I going? I'm going to start doing some, a couple other things that I have some ideas for, but probably just keep it to myself right now. I right. thought I thought the flagpole thing looked kind of kind of interesting. Everybody likes that idea of uh, on those those uh, certain days, holidays, and. Uh, uh, whatnot, uh, flying the flag, either the, the Texas flag and the U.S. flag or just the U.S. flag. Hell, I've even seen some Marine flags flying on the, the back of trucks and Jeeps. People love their flag mounts, flag mounts, their hitch flag mounts. It's pretty cool. So um, with those, um, usually do like uh, singles, doubles, or triples. I don't think we've ever done anything bigger than a triple. Um, <laughs> but yeah, especially around here with all of the events that people do, everybody runs their flags like crazy. Hey, Tammy, Josh here. A uh, quick question for you. I've been seeing a lot of this metal art popping up in the off-road industry and as far as like shows and stuff go. I go to and, and MC DJ a lot of uh, off-road shows out here in the Pacific Northwest, and I've been seeing a lot of this off-road metal art um, popping up, and it, and it seems like this is a, is a growing trend. Um, you're obviously getting in on it as well and producing some amazing work. Have you been seeing sort of this, this trend increasing with, with metal art kind of inf- in influencing and coming into the off-road industry? Huge, actually. I mean, when I first started, there was just a, there was just a, maybe another person that I knew of, um, actually up in the Dallas area that I knew did stuff in, in this industry. Um, but now all of a sudden it's, 
it's popping up everywhere. It's getting very, very competitive, which I think is a really good thing to tell you the truth. Um, kind of keep it honest, you know? Well, yeah, not only that, it also sort of drives innovation and, exactly. and you really start to get to see, you know, really the, the, the true workmanship start coming out more and more instead of, well, I can cut a triangle and sell it to you for five bucks <laughs> and that's, a, that's what I call a gusset. And, you know, I mean, that's not, that's not really art, although it is in the metal fab category and, and there are a lot of these, you know, companies and, and builder part supplier companies out there producing these builder parts and, and, you know, gussets and, and a lot of this stuff is starting to get a little bit more artsy. I'm starting to see, you know, gussets and 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 um, flanges and, and supports and and mounts and things like that that have a lot more intricate design into it. Do you think that has has to do a lot with the availability of CNC plasma cutting machines like your table, for instance? You know, I do. I think I think that there are a few more of us that that are that are getting into it um, that do more of the artsy, if you will, side of it. I mean, I I love the art side of it. I love customizing something something, especially that. A, a, a part that's useful, um, you know, making it just a little bit different, um, making it more specific to like, say the, the, the shop that's selling it, you know, a lot of people that I work with right now want to put their logos on their parts, on their guesses, on, you know, on their, whatever that they want to, um, have in their shop ready to go when they're, when they're working on somebody's Jeep, you know, want to put their logo on it or you want, they want to put a specific design on it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, all the obviously we're going we're going to have a lot of people out there that that may end up actually wanting to contract you for that exact kind of work maybe we have some some other manufacturers out there that that might be looking for somebody exactly like you to maybe add some flair to a new line of builder parts that they want to start offering or or maybe even enhance what they already are offering is that something that you might entertain a, a company uh, approaching you and saying hey mate would you like to supply us with x y and z Absolutely. That's what I do right now with, you know, the local shops around here. Um, that's, that's, you know, what, what I'm really, you know, aiming for. I love working with the one-on-one, one-on-one, you know, the, the one-off custom um, parts with my customers. Um, but yeah, I mean, they could contact me anytime. Um, probably the easiest way is off of the Facebook Burnt Customs page. So it's just in Facebook um, forward slash Burnt Customs. Um, message me that way. That's the easiest way to get into contact with me or my contact page at um, burntcustoms.com. And you were mentioning uh, the the site. Are you on the social media as well? I'm all over the social media. Um, I think Facebook, my Facebook page, the Burnt Customs Facebook page has absolutely been the number one um, supporter, um, promoter of, of anything. Um, like I said, I've, I've spent $0 on advertising, which is pretty insane. Everything has been word, word of mouth because of Facebook. All right, Tammy. Well, we really appreciate you being here and glad Josh was able to get in on this, uh, this interview a bit. And, uh, uh, JM always uh, happy to have you here, even no matter what we're calling you on the, uh, on the mm-hmm. evening. Uh, <laughs> Tammy, was there anything else that uh, you wanted to cover for the folks? So we, uh, we covered the, the website, burntcustoms.com. Uh, the uh, best place uh, for social media is the your Facebook page. Also, too, I'm I'm sure it's called uh, Burnt Customs. And uh, yeah, anything else? No, man. I really appreciate you having me on the show, and I had a fun time. Excellent. And see, there was no reason to be nervous, was there? No, there wasn't. This was, this was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have a great uh, a great rest of the evening and uh, a great Christmas. Yeah. Thank you very uh, much. Thank you so much. Happy holidays.
<laughs> well, we had a lot of fun talking with uh, Tammy and JM, uh, not to get the two confused. You know, it's yeah. funny. We don't run across that more often. Uh, we got three different names here. I'm surprised. Here. Uh, yeah. The years that we've been doing this, uh, all the interaction with, with the uh, Jeepers out there in the world, uh, this is the first other Tammy that we've run yeah. into. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But hey, thanks again, Tammy, for taking the time to talk about uh, about your work with Burnt Customs and stuff. I had a great time with that interview. Um, all, feel free to call in anytime. Love to have you. Uh, of course, if you guys want to check her out, got some links there to follow. Uh, you can also check out BurntCustoms.com. Not only U.S. made, but Texas made for all our Texas yeah. listeners. That's about as America as it uh, gets. You don't get no bigger than Texas. Unless it's California or Alaska, but we don't talk about that. Hey, and Santa Claus, if you're listening, I was really good this year. You can get me those for Christmas. Ooh. Nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. Please, Santa. I got this image in my head whenever she's saying she's, she was really good this year and asking Santa for something. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun talking to Tammy. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, our, our, our interviews are pretty short, uh, when, especially when you have a great guest. So uh, Tammy agreed because we kept talking after the interview and I kept recording. Uh, and uh, Tammy agreed that she's going to allow us to use uh, that additional uh, conversation, additional questions that we uh, that we asked and she answered uh, for our bonus content. And if you don't know what bonus content is, we've only mentioned it, I think, one other time because we don't always have it. I think we're going to get into doing it more. But if you want to listen to the bonus content, you need to download the app on your uh, for your smartphone or your tablet. And whenever you listen to the show on your uh, smartphone or tablet, you will see a little button just below the main show that says bonus content. You click that button and there's going to be additional audio there for you to listen to. So it is an extended uh, interview with Tammy of burntcustoms.com. Go over there and check it out. Uh, she does a lot of uh, custom work too, which you'll hear about in the bonus content. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And a glorious day today. I woke up, the sun was shining, the birds were singing, and the speak pipe button was there. <laughs> glorious. Uh, I'd like to apologize to Nate for accusing him of taking the speak pipe button and hiding it from me. Uh, I know that's ridiculous. It was John Freerunner who did it. <laughs> I'm watching you, John. You're on my list now. Anyhow... Continuing discussion uh, I had last week about hot dogs. Uh, you guys think a hot dog is considered a sandwich? I don't know. Discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. It's a weirdly shaped sandwich, so, but I, yeah. I see where you're going there. I'm sure our listeners really want us to start discussing hot dogs. <laughs> Fine to me. Ooh, another product review. It's uh, It's been a little while since we had a Jeep Mama product review. Tammy, what you got? Um, well, this is kind of a pre-review because um, I don't have the actual item yet. Um, when I'm out on the trails, most of the time I'm by myself, and um, I have this really cool app called Maprika. So if you're a Roush Creek person and you go to Roush Creek, you should really download this app. And actually, I might do I, I might do a Wrangler talk on it explaining how it works. But it's a really cool app. It has the Roush Creek maps on it. And it's like a GPS tracking. And it overlays the map and tracks where you're going in the park. And so I want to be able to see this as I'm driving. Um, instead of like picking up my phone out of the center council or whatever, I just would like to see it as I'm going so I know where I'm at. So I 
heard about this really cool mount for your iPhone. It could be for your tablet, your iPad, um, whatever you use. And it's um, a Jeep JK mount with a universal holder. And it's from um, 90 or 67 designs. And so I bought it. I'm waiting for it to come in the mail. And I'm really excited to use it. And it's got a universal squeeze holder that squeezes your phone or your um, tablet in it. It rotates 360 degrees on the 20 millimeter ball. It's similar to, and I think it works with the RAM mount type stuff um, as well. And you can also get it for like the GoPro, that type of thing. Anyway, it's a simple one-handed operation, perfect for the iPhone 6, 7, 8, and other devices. It's an easy installation, and it mounts in the little JK, um, gosh, what do you call it? The little tray on top of your dash. Oh, yeah. Um, There's, I guess, I never knew that there was a little screw bolt in there. Um, Learn something new every day. Anyway, um, I'm going to get this, try it out, and I'll let you guys know. But it looks really, really cool. And it's supposed to keep your phone from the sun better than any other ones. It's the most flexible positioning um, device there is. So I'm looking forward to getting that and letting you all know what I think about it. You know, you're mentioning... Yeah, checking out. Go ahead. You know, Tammy, you're mentioning this thing, and uh, it, it re- reminds me of something I've seen going back and forth to work. Uh, have you guys ever noticed the person in front of you with a GPS, their phone... And it's it's like in their line of sight. They're oh, yeah, not yeah. very high in their seat, and they've got an area maybe twelve inches wide that they can see the road. I, I there's got to be a law against that. And I'm thinking this one being in the towards the center is not going to be in you know in your direct line of sight. No more right. so than what the rearview mirror is. So uh, it's, uh, it just it, you know my rant of the day of the, of the day is put this crap someplace where you can see the damn road i mean it's bad enough when you got your phone and you're texting but then oh, yeah then blocking all your your view and get the hell out of the fast lane <laughs> stay away from tony and his road rage <laughs> you had a road rage incident i uh, i remember yes i uh, i have lots of them <laughs> not anymore though <laughs> Yours is a uh, yours is a medical issue though, isn't it? Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a womanly issue. Yeah. <laughs> Medically dispositioned to be a complete asshole on the road, yeah. but you know. Yep. Oh, there's no me. there's no complete assholes. There's there's runner ups. Never so. seen me drive. Ninety nine percent. We ought to go out and do the uh, do you and I, Josh, just to go out and do the uh, uh, not Road Warrior. What's the thing like Mad Max? Be, oh, yeah, like a cannonball run or something like that. Yeah. No, no, where we get the 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 Mohawks and the face paint and uh, oh. put all the pointy things on the jeeps and just go out put and raise hell on the highway on the front yes. of the jeep. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> More better than that sticker that's in reverse. That all right, says, Tony, you ready to go to jail? Change lanes. Here we go. <laughs> Well, it's it's Portland jail, so it can't be that bad, right? Oh, uh, wow. Well, there's uh, there's only so much fun you can have in one show, and uh, we're going to have a little bit more fun by hearing about Wheeling Where. Josh, give us something, please. Well, anything. I wish I, I wish I could, but our listeners aren't giving me anything, and well, oh, the Jeep bastards. community just doesn't have anything really going on right now, at least not nationally. There's something going on out there. You there guys just to- need to tell us. 
SEMA has come and gone. The show season is, is basically over, guys. All we're left with now is some club events, some local food drives, and other, other charitable events that, that will help those who are less fortunate. Well, we want to hear about any of them, all of them. So if, you want to like, if you'd like to get the word out about your church's coat drive or perhaps the grocery store you're working at has a food drive going on, no matter what it is, be sure to let us know so we can help get the word out. There's a lot of Jeepers out there that are in the, sound, in the reach of our voice, and they would just love to help out other people, and they're in a position to do so. So don't be shy. Let us know so we can let the world know. And who knows? It just might make all the difference in the world. Send us an email with the details to your event or your charity to info at jeeptalkshow.com or say it in your own words and give us a call, night or day, 24-7-530-675-4102. The 24-7 is not part of the phone number. I've, uh, it's really confusing. <laughs> oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? right. <laughs> 530-675-4102. Give us a call. Let us know what you guys are doing. Hey, do you know of an off-road or a Jeep-specific event coming up? Well, shoot us an email with some details. Have you been to a Jeep event recently? Would you like to let us know what you thought and what you saw? We'd really appreciate it. Give us a call on our 24-7 voicemail line, 530-675-4102. And leave a message night or day. We'd love to hear from you. Survey! I know you're tired of hearing this, but damn it, go take it, and you won't have to hear about it much longer. No, actually, we're going to continue talking about it. Please take a moment and take our survey at jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. It, it really is just giving us demographic information and let us know who the people are that are listing. Yeah, it can't just be Nikki G out there, right? No, or hot dogs. Yeah, it's got to be more than those two. <laughs> we love hearing from our listeners, all of you guys out there. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, Google+, you name it. Just go to your f- favorite social media site and search for Jeep Talk Show. You're going to find us. Hey, join us on the Jeep Talk Forum. You remember forums, you know, before Facebook got big, that strangling bitch that took everything away from the forums? Anyway, uh, we got pictures, stories, detailed how-to, or ask questions of the host. That's jeeptalkforum.com. Hey, and call us anytime and leave us a voicemail at 530-675-4102, and you'll even hear it on the show. Never go full Nate. Never go full Nate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't forget, Jeepers, we have a free application for your phone or your tablet. That's right. Apps for the Jeep Talk Show. Just go to Apple Store or Google Play and search for Jeep Talk Show. Hey, and if you're making a purchase online or at Amazon, be sure and go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first. Don't forget, Jeepers, we want to hear your suggestions for guest interviews here on the show. Drop us a line. Let us know who you would like to hear on the next Jeep Talk Show interview. Hey, folks, and don't forget, you can follow me on my fun Jeep journey that I'm on at www.jeepmama.com. And I offer full commercial production services through my professional voiceover service at thevoiceofjosh.com. You can reach me directly, josh at thevoiceofjosh.com. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook. Circle us like vultures on Google+. And above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Leave our outdoor recreation and wheeling south spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly. Stand the data trails. No wheel where you're not supposed to. Let's learn more about tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and lands open for off-road use. Head over to www.treadlightly.org.
Podcasting since 2010.